Hi, everybody. It's Pastor Los. Uh, happy to join you for another Gospel Unplugged this week with my talking with my colleague and close personal friend, Pastor Mark Dixon. <laughs> Usually I lead with that and you say something else ridiculous. <laughs> so I thought I'd leave it out this week. Yeah. There you go. All right. We are uh, delighted to, to have this conversation with each other and with you. We're continuing our summer sermon series on singing the faith. Uh, where each week we'll read a passage from Scripture that helps to put the song in context or sometimes is kind of sitting right behind the hymn, uh, but also treating the hymns of our faith as a primary passage and, and cause for our reflection or source of our reflection. So this week, the hymn uh, in the Red Book, 763, My Life Flows On an Endless Song, which I think was part of the catalog of kind of the gospel hymns of the 19th century, mid-19th century, uh, that I think entered Lutheran hymnody later. That is, I don't remember if this was in the, the Green Hymnal or some previous ones, uh, but has become very popular and beloved for a lot of people. And the passage we chose to sort of help us set this in context is from the Psalms, in particular Psalm 146. And so I'll read that now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. So, a um, little bit of praise happening yeah. in that psalm. It was mentioned. Curious uh, what struck you or what grabbed your attention and how it might connect to uh, to the, the hymn we're talking about this week. Well, I'd, I'd like to invite the people into a little bit of a behind-the-music moment for Mount Olivet. Each Sunday morning before the communion service, which is before the first worship service, the pastors are in the vestry where we put our robes and albs on, and the organist or musician, uh, musical lead for the morning, comes into that room and asks uh, what hymn we'd like to have the assembled people sing before we serve communion. And every time that falls to me, that responsibility, I apologize to them and I say, I'm so sorry. If there's one area of the Christian tradition and experience that I'm super deficient in, it is hymnody. And it would be way better if Pastor Freeman or Pastor Rudd were here, and then they help me through the book and we pick a hymn. Now, if there's another element of the Christian tradition and experience in which I'm deficient, it's the Psalms. <laughs> so this week is very difficult for me. But what I found interesting uh, in my why, little... <laughs> why am I talking to him? Yeah. Anyone else? <laughs> We're taking calls now. If anyone else has some good ideas, phone in. 555. Not all of it. What I did find a little bit interesting uh, going through Psalm 146 was that hallelujah, this is one of the hallelujah psalms in the book of Psalms. Um, 
hallelujah is uh, the imperative form, meaning the command form of the verb hillel, meaning it's not just uh, sing praises to the Lord, which is what it means in English. Um, it's praise the Lord. You, now, you must praise the Lord. And I shy away from things like that in my personal life and in my theological like <laughs> musings. I thought it was interesting. This word that has been so present in my expressions of faith over time, I never knew that it was a command. Mm -hmm. uh, it's time to sing praises. And I think uh, for something like praise, as uh, is the case for something like love, imperatives are a little difficult for me to wrap my head around. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to go to my kids today and say, love your mother. They do love their mother, but it's hard to do it at the point of a command, I think. So that was kind of interesting to me. <laughs> so, all right. Was it interesting to you? <laughs> you don't like hymns. You don't like psalms. Correct. You really don't like praise. Right. <laughs> all right. And I'm looking forward to sharing the gospel with all of you on Sunday. Oh, me, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I like this hymn. <laughs> this is a good hymn. Uh, I think what I think the movement of the hymn um, starts with the imperative and then kind of gives all the reasons for that imperative. Um, so that by the end, when you return to that, it doesn't sound like an imperative anymore. Right. And I think what's kind of masterful about this hymn is after that command, praise the Lord, the litany of reasons to trust the Lord is one, others are not trustworthy. Right. Two, God keeps God's promises. God made heaven and earth, keeps faith forever, executes justice for the oppressed gives food to the hungry, sets the prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind, which we'll figure later in the sermons of this rabbi, Jesus, that we know, that, that kind of imagery. This is kind of a, a catalog of the promises about God throughout Scripture, the great things God does yeah. in a few verses. And I think the, the, my sense of the way this works is it begins with that command, gives all the reasons why we should. And by the end, when it says it again, it's not a command anymore. It's kind of a reflex. Like, how can you not? Which brings us to the hymn. Which I think yeah. is the good connection to the hymn. I think the hymn makes that more explicit, particularly in the refrain. Um, no storm can shake my inmost calm while to this rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Yeah. So doesn't kind of enters into a similar movement, but less starting with an imperative and more just sort of wondering, like sort of starts with the reflex. Yeah. I, I can't even help it. You know, yeah. it's kind of the way I describe you and being funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you, you please really help it? Help yeah. it. Keep him when I wish stop? you wouldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, so I think that's kind of what's kind of fun about this hymn and the scripture passages. It, it invites us to beware, be aware of those moments where we're so caught up in a sense of grace or wonder. Uh, and it might be kind of religious wonder. It might be wonder at the beauty of your children or the sort of miraculousness yeah. of things that we are kind of a part of, but are so much more than we could possibly be a part of or take credit for. Yeah. And you're just overcome. And then, and then song gives you the psalm or songs, hymns, give you language to express it in a way that I don't know if you could otherwise. I think if we're thinking about the experience of the people in the pews, it's easy to imagine somebody, wherever they are along life's way, somebody might be here. How can I keep from singing? 
Uh, I can think of a lot of things that would keep me from singing. And I thought you had some interesting ideas about that before we started filming that, of course, there will be moments in your life that feel impossible to sing praises to the Lord. Uh, but you had a really good reflection on that. And I wonder if you'd share well, it. Well, one of the other Psalms that, that we had kind of entertained as a background of this is a Psalm written by those who are captive in Babylon. Uh, when it is, you know, by the rivers of Babylon, um, our, our captors came and said, sing us one of your songs from Zion, from Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And they said, we had to hang up our lyres. We couldn't sing. Like, we could not sing. How can we possibly sing? Our such tongues a were stuck of, to the roof of our mouth. Yeah, yeah, in this desolation. And I think I think that's one of the, the powers of... There are some Christian traditions that are rooted in the experience of the individual. And those traditions often then stress, you know, have you given your life to Jesus? Have right. you made a commitment? How is your walk? Are you backsliding or moving forward? It's it's a very individualistic. And there's an element of that that is worth thinking about. We have some responsibility for our relationship with each other, with God. Mm -hmm. Our tradition is so much more rooted in the community um, that we, we bring children who cannot choose Jesus yeah. <laughs> to the font and baptize them, making promises for them on their behalf, promising to to raise them in the faith, to witness to our faith for all of that, a very communal sense. And I think one of the powers of, of this tradition uh, is when we can't sing, others will sing with yeah. us and for us until we can. And so I think for me, that's one of the powers of worship or the powerful moments of worship is wherever you are in as, as a good singer, not a good singer, or emotionally caught up with a sense of wonder and want to sing and give yeah. voice to that, or desolate and can't. Yeah, it's the communal song that yeah. carries you uh, until you can sing again. Yep, it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> sorry. Just too fun. It's just yeah. all too fun. Uh, so as we always do at the end of Gospel Unplugged, we wanted to share a couple of questions. Uh, and that might be uh, one that I would offer. Have there been uh, moments in your life where you have had a hard time singing? And what are those moments like? And how has or how could the community help carry you through that? And then I think you had a question prepared as well. Well, if we highlight the first verse of this hymn, which I'll just read quickly, my life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentation. I catch the sweet though far off hymn that hails a new creation. I love that line. Uh, I catch the sweet though far off hymn that like that hint that, you know, we've talked about it in the past as the foretaste of the feast to come. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of tumult. There's a lot of pain, but somehow piercing through it, you can catch that sweet though far off hymn. So my question for you would be, where have you heard that sweet though far off hymn? In what place? Through what relationships? Where have you had the opportunity to hear the music of the new creation uh, singing and resounding through the world as we know it? Fun. Uh, so I'm super interested in what you preach. Gosh, I really <laughs> think I like <laughs> hymns and psalms now. <laughs> My work here is finished. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks so much. We will see you in church uh, where we will be listening to scripture and preaching and singing. 